Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. It's 5 p.m. 5 p.m. You're stuck working and disconnected from the sports world. What the hell is going on? Don't sweat it. The OG will catch you up on the biggest stories, the latest developments, and let you know who said something dumb on social media today. I just tweeted it. What's trending is now on the OG. Alongside Joe Giglio, I'm Joe Obius. Dennis Cox is the producer of this program. Got a World Cup update. It's still November basketball, so let's not freak out yet. Plus, the aftermath of NC State's win at UNC Black Friday. Let's log on to the internet, shall we? It's brought to you by Geico. Got a choice of ways that you can save on car insurance. Call 1-800-947-AUTO. Go online at geico.com or stop by the Geico office nearest to you. Let's get it. My favorite team won in the World Cup today. The Garner <laughs> Trojans. Garner High School. They beat Korea 3-2. to two. Finally got some goals. The Black Stars. Huge win. Stay alive. So, the U.S. is not your favorite team? No, Ghana. Garner is my favorite team. That's your favorite team. Ghana. Okay. Yeah. A lot of goals today. 3-3 three to three between Serbia and Cameroon. Why do you hate America? I don't. Brazil with a one nothing win over Switzerland and Portugal taking care of Uruguay. 2-0. So, so the U.S. plays Iran tomorrow. Yes. And... Iran, number one. <laughs> Russia, <laughs> number one. Thank you, Iron Sheik. I spit on your haircut. So I, I, I've i been asking this question. When, they, when the U.S. ended up in a draw with Wales, I asked the question, how am I supposed to feel about this? And the consensus was not terrible, probably more upset that they should have won, but they ran out of gas or whatever it was. And that should have been a win. That ended up a tie, but it doesn't kill us, right? Cool, got it. I looked at 1-1 draw against England, and I'm thinking, man, you won by not losing. Like, how much could you ask for? And yet, you're making a face. Yeah, because Iran kind of ruined it for everyone. Ding, 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 that's, and that's where I missed the that's where I missed the memo. I went, oh. Yeah, because now it's turtle power city tomorrow. They can just sit there and just turtle the whole game. Yeah. Because the U.S. has to win to advance. They got to win. Not exactly their strength. Scoring, not exactly their strength. <laughs> no, it's not. And that's and that's where that's where tomorrow is going to be fascinating. Uh, you're like thinking best. Oh man, what you? Because if you told the if you told U.S. men's national team fans, hey man, you're going to have draws against Wales and England hey, they, before the tournament, like hell freaking sign us yes, up. Let's yeah. go. It was zero zero by the way on Friday. So I know. Scoring again. Scoring is When I watch the U.S., I'm like, hey, yeah, you know what? They're they're pretty organized defensively. They're very athletic. Mm-hmm. Uh, they always have a good keeper. But yeah, one goal, two games, not good enough. Especially when Iran's out here knocking off Wales in the last round, last game, two nothing. Next up, one of the four, all of the four, or half of the four. Congratulations to Carolina Panthers owner David Tepper. He's off the hook. He fired 
Matt Rule earlier this year, but he still owed him a ton of money. But now he doesn't owe him any money because Nebraska swooped in and says, you are the answer to our problems, and we're going to give you an eight-year contract, 90-some-odd million dollars. 90% of that is guaranteed, and he's off the books on Mint Street in Charlotte. David Tepper uh, put that bottle of champagne next to those brass balls and says, all right, now I'm prepared with all my money to make my next poor coaching decision. Let's go. A couple things about the college coaching carousel. We'll start with the actual hire of Matt Rule at Nebraska. You and I have discussed this plenty of times when it comes to his college coaching. The template at Temple and at Baylor. They're going to be terrible. Nebraska fans, be be ready. Yeah. Well, you're 1-11 next year. They're awful. Yep. Year two? Let's get a little hope. Six and six. Hey, breakout year in year three. That's when you get those double-digit wins. But here's the question that Matt Rule is going to have to answer that he never really had to answer at Temple, and he certainly didn't have to answer at Baylor, and that is, can you beat good teams? Because that's what they want at Nebraska. Right. They want you to beat good teams. Also, it's going to be curious to see how he recruits at Nebraska. Uh, I do know that Big Ten money absolutely rules because Matt Rule is getting this kind of money. $74 million over eight years. That's 9.25 per year. For Matt Rule. Sorry, I got my numbers confused. Yes, nine. That was where I was fixated on the nine. All right. It's a lot of corn. It really is. And you know, oh, man, do, does he bring out Corn Kid for game one? Absolutely. Like, like is Matt Rule going to pander the fan base and bring out Corn Kid, who actually was at the Thanksgiving Day Parade, the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, in the uh, Jolly Green Giant float. That's right. So Auburn looks like they're finally settled on a coach. It was going to be Lane Kiffin, then it wasn't going to be Lane Kiffin, but then there was a chance it was Lane Kiffin, but it's not Lane Kiffin anymore. They're zeroing in on Hugh Freeze. It is Hugh Freeze who's going to leave Liberty. Now, remember the last time that Hugh Freeze was in the SEC was the head coach of Ole Miss. The NCAA scandals are like the normal headline, but let's be real. The reason why he's no longer the Ole Miss head coach is because he used the actual university phone to hit up an escort service. And you, you got to get up out the paint on that. So he's a reformed man now. Fine, goes to Liberty now. He's at old. He's at Auburn. You got Wisconsin. Luke Fickle taking off for Cincinnati. Yeah, big move by Wisconsin. I was I was slightly surprised by that. So all of this ties back to something that we've talked about throughout the year, and that is Dave Doran's future at NC State. When the Nebraska job opened up, when Wisconsin became available, you and I. And I think we were fair with bringing this topic up. Just keep an eye on this. Oh, yeah. If somebody offers you eight or nine million dollars a year to do your job that you're even if you're even if you're making five million already, you're going to listen. And even if you're not that school's number one choice, people will say no. We've seen searches. Yes, that can be prolonged. Dave Doran was a part of one at one point in time with Tennessee. So looks like things are shaking out that it's not so crazy. There weren't a bunch of no's. And the jobs that would make sense for Dave Doran to possibly be in the mix for are not going to happen. Like Ole Miss. I mean, he'd already flirted with Ole Miss before. Maybe it comes up again. Who knows? But that obviously is not going to happen because of Lane. So it looks like a season of, I thought, informed speculation, kind of reading the room, looking at the landscape, is going to boil back down to Dave Doran back at NC State next season. However, Dave Doran's going to be entering a season at NC State that we haven't seen in a while. Everything's kind of been a build. a little bit of a reset. It's build, build, build. The whole run it back phenomenon from this past season. It's a rebuild 
but we're in an era of college football, Julio, where rebuilds should not be as bad as we once thought they were because of the transfer portal. Now. Yeah, and you know what? In MJ Morris, they've identified a quarterback too. Mm-hmm. Which, if you went into this season thinking that NC State was going to leave the 2022 season with their quarterback in place, that that's something you probably couldn't have seen. Given that Devin Leary, we thought Devin Leary would just start to finish and, and be the guy. So. If there's something to be taken out of the eight and four year, other than those wins over ECU and USC and Wake, it's the fact that you have identified who your quarterback is going to be going forward. Next up. All right, it was a tough weekend for North Carolina on the hardwood. They lost to Iowa State and Alabama, the Alabama game, in quadruple overtime, 103-101. Tar Heels had the, the the farthest drop in AP poll history, they entered the week number one, and after the two losses, they're now number 18. Duke is right in front of them at number 17. The Blue Devils have their own problems this week out at the Phil Knight Invitational. Beat Oregon State, beat Sean Miller and Xavier, but got run by Purdue. Duke still waiting to get their full lineup. Yes, Tariq Whitehead finally played some 16 minutes. Not bad. Derek Lively, 22 minutes. Not bad. But those are two guys who are going to need to be the bus drivers for that team. They had six points combined, Joe. Um, Duke is in a You don't want to worry about November. I get it. Yeah, I'm not going to fret too much. But Duke needs to make sure that they can find some shooting and some scoring. Because mm-hmm. right now, the scoring has not been there for them. It, it hasn't. No, I'm not trying to... I'm not trying to diminish the idea that these teams have some things that they have to get right. Okay, but the nature of college basketball is so crazy right now where you're fitting new pieces in all the time. Even at North Carolina, that's bringing a lot of that team back, still has some pieces to acclimate or guys understanding the roles are different now. That was always the big question around North Carolina. This isn't a new coach. How do things kind of transpire with you and you go from there? This is a team that made it to the final game, had a lot of preseason expectations because of all the guys that were coming back, and now they're the ones who are being hunted, not the other way around. It's kind of funny to tie it to the NC State-North Carolina game. NC State went to Chapel Hill in a lot of similar ways that North Carolina went to Cameron Indoor Stadium for the last game of the year to ruin Mike Krzyzewski's farewell party, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Hubert Davis openly talked about it. Like, we're not the ones with the expectations. We're not the one having the party for the retiring head coach. We're not the ones who had this top recruiting class that people expect to get to the Final Four. We've had the kind of year where I openly said Wake Forest is better than us. All right? Kind of like NC State. Hey, man, we're on our fourth QB going to Chapel Hill against a potential Heisman candidate team that's about to go to the ACC championship game on Saturday against Clemson. Man, we got no expectations. People expect us to get beat. What'd they do? Shock the world. So those dynamics are at play for North Carolina. But I'll still say this when it comes to hoops. November basketball is really, really silly to fret over in the grand scheme of things. I wouldn't really start worrying about teams and their deficiencies until January. And even in the case of North Carolina, as I brought it up, remember, when was that game against Wake Forest when they went to Winston-Salem and they got their asses handed to them? Was that a February game? I'll look it up. That was like an early February game, if I remember correctly. And Hubert Davis said, they're better than us, right? You can still get hot. Right now, North Carolina just has to understand that the offense that started cooking was everybody kind of 
working together and Caleb Love and R.J. Davis not taking the majority of the shots. Last January 22nd, okay. they had the week where they lost at Miami and at Wake Forest. There we go. Right now, the problem for North Carolina is that R.J. Davis and Caleb Love are just taking way too many damn shots, and they're not making them. That'll correct itself. Next up. Number two. Oh, one other basketball note. RIP ACC Big Ten Challenge. This is it. This is it. Pour it out. Starts up on Tuesday. This is no longer. You'll remember that the Big Ten signed a new television contract with Fox. Therefore, they're not going to have their basketball games on ESPN anymore. So ESPN is not interested in broadcasting any Big Ten basketball games. Why give them any love? So the ACC Big Ten Challenge, which has lasted 23 years, is going away after this week. And in its place, we'll get the ACC-SEC Challenge, which I don't hate in the grand scheme of things. Back to number two. Carolina Panthers are somehow, someway still in the wild card hunt. Look, the NFC South is terrible. And the Panthers are just kind of lingering around, not because they're good. It's because everybody else is also not good. So they're in the hunt for the NFC wildcard spot. And I do think that Sunday's game was more about where the Broncos are with Russell Wilson, more so than what Steve Wilkes is trying to salvage with the Panthers season. We kind of know what the Panthers are at this point. With the Broncos, we don't know what the bottom is. Who knows? Sunday might have been the bottom. Russell Wilson was getting yelled at by his own team. Defense was not happy with Russell Wilson because they can't produce offensively. And Russell Wilson had to answer a question about an interaction he had with his teammate, Mike Purcell. Well, Mike and I are on the same page. You know, we, he, um, he came off uh, you know, after they, I think they kicked the field goal, and he, he, was, he was pissed off. He was just said, we got we to gotta F and go, you know. And uh, I, I agree, you know. So me and him on the same page. We, you know, we're, we're, there's no, uh, there's no uh, animosity there at all. We, we're on the same page. We, we, we got to win. You know, we got to come out here and have some uh, – some some grit to us, some mentality to us. We got to be able to win these, you know, these 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 football games, and um, you know, so those guys are out there battling every play. You know, in offense, we got to be able to capitalize, and so um, so yeah, no, there, there's nothing there at all. I mean, we, me and him, there's there was no, uh, no nothing there. So that's Russell Wilson saying, no, 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 nothing there, nothing there, nothing there. Okay, I don't know if I believe you or not. Look, it's it's gotten bad for Russ in the sense that everybody's making fun of him. Even Brian Burns trolled him. Right. Russell Wilson, I forgot when exactly this was, but there was video footage of him at the 50 yard line, arms wide open. Is that that a good Creed impression? Not bad. With arms wide open. Yeah, you got to get a little more guttural with it, just like uh, Dennis did. Maybe if I channel my Bruce Springsteen, I can do Creed. Who knows? So he's doing this arms wide open thing. Brian Burns gets to Russell Wilson and he does that exact move. Vash die hurt, Carolina Blitz asked him. You trolling? I trolled Russ a little bit. You did? I did a little bit. Much respect to Russ, bro. I, lo- I love Russ, man. He's a great guy. I just had to. It was just there. Yeah, so it wasn't. It was a troll. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I, I yeah, took a dip you- into the troll, the troll, the troll thing. But did you come into this game knowing you were gonna do that? No. You just spurred him on. Like at first, I was just flexing, and I was like, Oh yeah, he do do that, huh? And I just did it. So your petty is perpetual. I'm a little petty. I'm a little petty. You know, but it's, it's all in the funny games. You know, no disrespect to Russ at all. You know what I mean? Um, no disrespect. But, yeah, it's all it's just all funny games. I'm a little petty. Just a little bit. Did you think that people would pick up on No. I didn't think anybody would really catch it. I thought I would have to say it. 
but they caught it. They caught it. They caught it. They caught it. Well, he's just showing respect by showing no respect. Is that respect. what that is? Yes. I, I, I do. I, I don't know. Maybe I have a kindred spirit in Brian Burns and that he's living in a perpetual state of petty. So there's actually two ways for the Panthers to, to get into the playoffs. Yeah. At four and eight, they are a game behind in the division. Right. They're not completely right? out of the division race, no. They're three games behind in the wild card mm -hmm. because right now there are three seven-win teams. So... I mean, it's not completely out of the question that they could get yeah. to. Well, maybe. I mean, no. I mean, I think, schedule, I think nine and eight probably is how you is probably the number that gets you in. Their schedule isn't. They're four and eight. Their schedule isn't terrible. Their schedule is manageable, but they no longer have a hiccup. And then they got Sam Donald at QB. What could go wrong? <laughs> Next up. The number one story of the day. We're number one. We're number one. NC State's season started with a crucial kick being missed, and they walk out of a hostile environment against an in-state rival, Victorious. They end their season with a missed crucial kick in their in-state rivals building. Maybe the curse reverse candle worked? We'll discuss next. Thank you for listening to the Best of the Drive podcast. We're here with Coach Pete, Capital Financial Advisory Group. Coach, let's hear about your power plan. Well, Coach Pete's power plan, 22 steps to get you on the right direction for retirement. Also, make sure you have a successful, income-filled retirement. Tim, the next 10 people are going to give that away. No cost or obligation. For the power plan, call 800-691-3215. You can also go ahead and text Tim to 600-700. The phone number, 800-691-3215, or text Tim to 600 you put lights on the house or no, Julian? I have those spotlight lights now. <sighs> Dude, that's just lazy. That's lazy. Those are supposed to be a supplemental feature to the lights on the house. Yeah, come on now. Not bad. Come on. Have you ever put lights on the house? Yeah. Just... Those little ice school ones. I used to like those. Okay. See, I... I take exterior illumination yeah, very we, seriously. We know. Okay. So I spent I spent my time off putting lights on the house, setting up the uh the plastic Santa on the roof, which I already had a disaster. I'm gonna have to find a new way to get that guy, the big man. So I also acquired a uh, a little baby Jesus too from a nativity scene. To which I was asked so you're going to get the rest of the nativity scene. I'm like, no, I just want the baby Jesus. Originally, I wanted to put baby Jesus on the roof, but I was told that that Seems might... be slightly disrespectful. It would be slightly disrespectful. I'm like, how is that disrespectful? He was in a manger. He was surrounded by animals, but yeah. But what if I put him on the roof and he's surrounded by some minions? Maybe a baby Yoda. A minion? <laughs> right? No. Just put a new spin on it. You know, the three wise men that are... Look. This Catholic school has got to present itself some way, somehow, okay? I didn't go to St. Joan of Arc for nothing. I didn't graduate from Cardinal Gibbons for nothing. I'm just going to put a new spin on the nativity scene. You I'm know? surprised you're not going like a Star Wars nativity scene. I've for, seen that. With Baby way. Yoda, with Grogu. I, I yeah. have seen that. I have seen a Star Wars nativity scene. Hmm. Who would be the uh, wise men of Star Wars, though? Uh, well, it certainly wouldn't be Yoda. Like well, actual yeah. Yoda. Actual Yoda. Obi Wan, Mace Windu. Mace Windu. Really, Mace, Mace, Windu. Mace Windu couldn't even tell that the Emperor uh, was there half the time. And then he got his... the council, man. He got he, there somehow. Right, right, right. Then but then he got, but then he got his ass handed to him. Yeah, he did. 
Well, I don't know if he's on there. Like, hey, there's a there's a there's a there's a darkness in the in the Senate. You go, okay, cool, find it out. Couldn't do it. A Sith Lord. Like you're mad at Yoda for not knowing this stuff. Yeah. Mace Windu was just as bad. Yoda's dude. a fraud. I know your feelings on that. Yeah. I know your feelings on that. <laughs> the OG. <laughs> Alongside Joe Chilio. I'm Joe Ovius. Um speaking of uh speaking of frauds, is Todd Bowles a fraud? I, I don't think he's a good coach. Yeah. He's a good defensive coach. He's not a good head coach. Was this Tom Brady's handpicked guy? Like, you know, that's like, a great that, question. Because here's the thing. Like, I think, do you really think Tom Brady didn't want Byron Leftwich over Todd Bowles? Well, like, here's my question. Why not Bruce Arians still? It does seem there may have been a rift between Bruce Arians and Tom Brady. So here's Todd Bowles worried about, you know, Brady interceptions and stuff like that. Here's what he had to say. Called yet you had three of them. Why didn't you call a timeout there or Tom on the field uh, to preserve some time? You look back, and I know it's hindsight now, but that 26-yard catch by Julio Jones, you had eight seconds. You could have had 25 seconds with two more timeouts there. Or it could have been an interception as well. We said if we didn't get yards on the first down on the first play, uh, we wouldn't call a timeout. We would probably let the clock run. If he saw something, he could throw it. But we didn't get any yards on the first play. We got one or two yards with Rashad, and we were backed up. So if we had threw a pick and the ball would have went the other way and they had to kick the winning field goal, we felt better going into overtime, so I didn't do it. This is some, some coach overthinking, is it not? We could have thrown an interception. You could like If you're, you're going to trust anyone in a two-minute drill or the one-minute drill or the 45-second drill, it's Tom Brady. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, plus He's got a it's, history of that. Also, it's three timeouts. It's not mm-hmm. like you had to save the one timeout. Yeah, so mm, that's weird. Speaking of timeouts, I think Roy Williams, while he was in Portland for the Phil Knight Invitational, which I think was literally by invitation only for the teams because the crowd shots have been pretty bad. I think Roy Williams was keeping tabs on uh, the NC State North Carolina game and saw the end of game sequence and wondered, is does that even I'm curious as to why you have all your timeouts, Mac Brown? They didn't use any timeouts. Uh, I didn't mind them. I didn't mind the way that they managed the game. Getting down to the end, I'm, I do think there was probably some clock shenanigans. Yeah. At, on the the eight seconds on the last snap, and then all of a sudden two were put back on. Yeah, but I th- the two being put back on. What you're referencing is the the touchdown that wasn't that wasn't. Uh, it was the correct call to overturn it because even upon the first replay, the announcers didn't really pay much. I think they were too caught up in the oh my goodness, I can't believe yeah. they scored this touchdown. And it, it did look like an amazing catch too. It did, but with that first replay that I don't know if they were watching on, you could tell that the nose of the football hit the ground and like yeah, it's pretty obvious it wasn't a catch. Of course, we know the rest of it. Drake May goes back on the field. I I think putting two seconds back on the clock was the correct call. Okay. Uh, because there was time on. They let but that it, clock run yeah, after the play. Then in that case, then it's fine. You're good. Because it, it was a one down, basically, to score. Which gets to my real question about what we saw at the end of the NC State-North Carolina game. We saw both Dave Dorn and Mac Brown be aggressive on fourth down conversions that paid off for them. In that moment, mm-hmm. they extended drives, but of course they couldn't cash it. I think they, I think both times they ended up settling for field goals uh, in those situations. I wanted Mac Brown to go for two at the end of the game. I wanted Mac Brown to go out there and just kind of basically get North Carolina out of whatever weird funk they've been in 
It goes back to Georgia. Like credit to Georgia Tech and how they played that game. Credit to NC State's defense. But I feel like there are times where conventional wisdom goes out the window. You go by feel, and you're sending messages to your team. And I felt like that would have been an appropriate time to send the message to North Carolina and their offense. Look, we still trust you to go out and win these football games, and I want you to go win this football game right now. Because in the grand scheme of things, what was Friday ultimately about? Carolina's already playing for the ACC championship game. So mission number one has been accomplished for Mac Brown 2.0, and that was winning the division. He called the shot two with us back yep. at ACC kickoff. Now number two is this Saturday against Clemson, where you can do something that hasn't happened since, what, 1981? Uh, 80 is the 80. last time they won, though. Win the ACC. Yeah. And if that mentality is still, hey, look, we still have these bigger picture things, I'm going to set myself up for that the following week. And I felt like going for two would have been sending that message. Go win the game there with your Heisman guy. You talk about Heisman moments, that would have, hell of, that would have been a hell of a Heisman moment right. if you trust Drake May to go win you the game. Instead, they settled for the field goal. They go to overtime. We know the rest is history. Here's Mac Brown after the game on the regular season. See, the computer's being elitist again. Man, it's got to be a blue collar. It's like computer. a force field uh, over the studio today. I think. Yeah, they're kind of some is. phone issues. Yeah, and some, yeah, some all sorts of things going TVs on. Right, here's here's Mac Brown. Here's Mac Brown after the game. Still, the still. Well, they're still the champions of the coastal. For the second time in school history. So I'm not going to sit around and feel bad. I'm not going to feel embarrassed for nine wins. I'll give two teams credit that beat us at home at the end, which I'm disappointed in. They're disappointed in. But when your team plays as hard as they can play, that's all you can ask them to do. All right, cool. So if your general attitude is we're still a team that won the Coastal Division, we still won nine times, and we got a chance to win the ACC championship. It's only been done X amount of times in school history, blah, 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 blah. All right, well then, take that mentality. And go win the damn game. Because if losing it was, eh, whatever, I know that's the coping mechanism and things like that, but take that attitude and go to win the game. I understand the general convention when it comes to going for two. We actually saw Mac Brown do this in his first season back at North Carolina where they had Clemson right there at the end, and they went for two, didn't execute, rest is history. And he says, look, I, I was going to take my chance. That, and you like them going for two in that situation. Yeah, I think when you are the inferior team, you, you try to win it on the one play. Yeah. I can understand the percentage play as the better team mm -hmm. at home with the better offense, but you raise a good point about if the game is going to come the way that college football set up now, the third overtime is just two-point plays anyway. Yeah. Well, I'd rather have Drake May with the ball trying to make a play than a kicker who had already missed a 27-yard field goal. That's just me. Hey, I'm Tim Donnelly from 99.9 The Fan. And I'm Brian Murphy from WRAL News. Sports betting is finally legal in North Carolina. Getting to this point in this state wasn't easy. How it happened is a backstory worth telling. And that's what we're going to do in a new season of our podcast, A Brief History of Triangle Sports. The podcast is out now. Follow A Brief History of Triangle Sports on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, or on YouTube. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. 
change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash aware. You put lights on the house or no, Julian? I have those spotlight lights now. <sighs> Dude, that's just lazy. That's lazy. Those are supposed to be a supplemental feature to the lights on the house. Yeah, come on now. Not bad. Come on. Have you ever put lights on the house? Yeah. Just, those little ice cold ones. I used to like those. Okay. See, I I take exterior illumination yeah, very we, seriously. We know. Okay. So, I spent I spent my time off putting lights on the house, setting up the uh, the plastic Santa on the roof, which I already had a disaster. I'm gonna have to find a new way to get that guy, the big man. So I also acquired a a, a little baby Jesus too from a nativity scene, to which I was asked, "So you're gonna get the rest of the nativity scene?" I'm like, "No, I just want the baby Jesus." Originally, I wanted to put baby Jesus on the roof, but I was told that that Seems might slightly disrespectful. It would be slightly disrespectful. I'm like, how is that disrespectful? He was in a manger. He was surrounded by animals, but yeah. But what if I put him on the roof and he's surrounded by some minions? Maybe a baby Yoda. A minion? <laughs> right? No. Just put a new spin on it. You know, the three wise men that are min- Look, this Catholic school has <laughs> got to present itself some way, somehow, Okay. I didn't go to St. Joan of Arc for nothing. I didn't graduate from Cardinal Gibbons for nothing. I'm just going to put a new spin on the nativity scene. You I'm know? surprised you're not going like a Star Wars nativity scene. I've for- seen that. With Baby way. Yoda, with Grogu. I, I yeah. have seen that. I have seen a Star Wars nativity scene. Hmm. Who would be the uh, wise men of Star Wars, though? Uh, well, it certainly wouldn't be Yoda. Like well, actual yeah. Yoda. Actual Yoda. Obi-Wan, Mace Windu. Mace Windu. Really, Mace, Mace, Windu. Mace Windu couldn't even tell that the Emperor uh, was there half the time. And then he got his, the council, man. He got he, there somehow. Right, right, right. Then but then he got his ass him. handed to him. Yeah, he did. Well, I don't know if he's on there. Like, hey, there's a there's a there's a there's a darkness in the in the Senate. Okay, cool. Find it out. Couldn't do it. A Sith Lord. Like you're mad at Yoda for not knowing this stuff. Yeah. Mace Windu was just as bad. Yoda's dude. a fraud. I know your feelings on that. Yeah. I know your feelings on that. <laughs> the OG. <laughs> Alongside Joe Chilio. I'm Joe Ovius. Um speaking of uh speaking of frauds, is Todd Bowles a fraud? I, I don't think he's a good coach. Yeah. He's a good defensive coach. He's not a good head coach. Was this Tom Brady's handpicked guy? Like, you know, that's like, a great that, question. Because here's the thing. Like, I think do you really think Tom Brady didn't want Byron Leftwich over Todd Bowles? Well, like, here's my question. Why not Bruce Arians still? It does seem there may have been a rift between Bruce Arians and Tom Brady. So here's Todd Bowles worried about, you know, Brady interceptions and stuff like that. Here's what he had to say. Called yet you had three of them. Why didn't you call a timeout there or Tom on the field uh, to preserve some time? You look back, and I know it's hindsight now, but that 26-yard catch by Julio Jones, you had eight seconds. You could have had 25 seconds with two more timeouts there. Or it could have been an interception as well. We said if we didn't get yards on the first down on the first play, uh, we wouldn't call a timeout. We would probably let the clock run. If he saw something, he could throw it. But we didn't get any yards on the first play. We got one or two yards with Rashad, and we were backed up. So if we had threw a pick and the ball would have went the other way and they had to kick the winning field goal, we felt better going into overtime, so I didn't do it. This is some, some coach overthinking, is it not? We could have thrown an interception. You could. Like if you're, you're going to trust anyone in a two-minute drill or the one-minute drill or the 45-second drill, it's Tom Brady. 
Yeah, I mean, plus, he's got a history of that. Also, it's three timeouts. It's not mm-hmm. like you had to save the one timeout. Yeah. So, mm, that's weird. Speaking of timeouts, I think Roy Williams, while he was in Portland for the Phil Knight Invitational, which I think was literally by invitation only for the teams because the crowd shots have been pretty bad. I think Roy Williams was keeping tabs on uh, the NC State-North Carolina game and saw the end-of-game sequence and wondered, "Is does, does that even I'm curious as to why you have all your timeouts, Mac Brown. They didn't use any timeouts. Uh, I didn't mind them. I didn't mind the way that they managed the game. Getting down to the end, I'm, I do think there was probably some clock shenanigans. Yeah. At, on the the eight seconds on the last snap, and then all of a sudden two were put back on. Yeah. But I th- the two being put back on, what you're referencing is the, the touchdown that wasn't. That wasn't. Uh, it was the correct call to overturn it because even upon the first replay, the announcers didn't really pay much. I think they were too caught up in the, oh, my goodness, I can't believe yeah. they scored this touchdown. And it, it did look like an amazing catch, too. It did. But with that first replay that I don't know if they were watching on, you could tell that the nose of the football hit the ground. And, like, yeah, it's pretty obvious it wasn't a catch. Of course, we know the rest of it. Drake May goes back on the field. I I think putting two seconds back on the clock was the correct call. Okay. Uh, because there was time on. They let but that it, clock run yeah, after the play. Then in that case, then it's fine. You're good. Because it, it was a one down, basically, to score. Which gets to my real question about what we saw at the end of the NC State-North Carolina game. We saw both Dave Dorn and Mac Brown be aggressive on fourth down conversions that paid off for them. In that moment. Mm-hmm. They extended drives, but of course they couldn't cash it in. I think, they, I think both times they ended up settling for field goals uh, in those situations. I wanted Mac Brown to go for two at the end of the game. I wanted Mac Brown to go out there and just kind of basically get North Carolina out of whatever weird funk they've been in. It goes back to Georgia. Like credit to Georgia Tech and how they played that game. Credit to NC State's defense. But I feel like there are times where conventional wisdom goes out the window, you go by feel, and you're sending messages to your team. And I felt like that would have been an appropriate time to send the message to North Carolina and their offense. Look, we still trust you to go out and win these football games, and I want you to go win this football game right now. Because in the grand scheme of things, what was Friday ultimately about? Carolina's already playing for the ACC championship game. So mission number one has been accomplished for Mac Brown 2.0, and that was winning the division. He called the shot two with us back yep. at ACC kickoff. Now number two is this Saturday against Clemson, where you can do something that hasn't happened since, what, 1981? Uh, 80s, last 80. time they won the Win the ACC. Yeah. And if that mentality is still, hey, look, we still have these bigger picture things, I'm going to set myself up for that the following week. And I felt like going for two would have been sending that message. Go win the game there with your Heisman guy. You talk about Heisman moments. That would have hell. That would have been a hell of a Heisman moment, right? If you trust Drake May to go win you the game, instead they settled for the field goal. They go to overtime. We know the rest is history. Here's Mac Brown after the game on the regular season. See the computer's being elitist again. Man, it's got to be a blue collar. It's like a force field. Uh... Over the studio today. Yeah, they're kind of some is. phone issues. Yeah, some yeah, some all sorts of things going TVs on. Right, here's here's Mac Brown. Here's Mac Brown after the game. Still the still well, they're still the champions of the coastal for the second time in school history. So I'm not gonna sit around and feel bad. I'm not gonna feel embarrassed for nine wins. 
I'll give two teams credit that beat us at home at the end, which I, I'm disappointed in. They're disappointed in. But when your team plays as hard as they can play, that's all you can ask them to do. All right, cool. So if your general attitude is we're still a team that won the Coastal Division, we still won nine times, and we got a chance to win the ACC championship. It's only been done X amount of times in school history, blah, 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 blah. All right, well then, take that mentality and go win the damn game. Because if losing it was, eh, whatever, I know that's the coping mechanism and things like that, but take that attitude and go to win the game. I understand the general convention when it comes to going for two. We actually saw Mac Brown do this in his first season back at North Carolina where they had Clemson right there at the end, and they went for two, didn't execute, rest is history. And he says, look, I, I was going to take my chance. That, and you like them going for two in that situation. Yeah, I think when you are the inferior team, you, you try to win it on the one play. Yeah. I can understand the percentage play as the better team mm-hmm. at home with the better offense, but you raise a good point about – if the game is going to come the way that college football set up now, the third overtime is just two point plays anyway. Yeah. Well, I'd rather have Drake May with the ball trying to make a play than a kicker who had already missed a 27 yard field goal. That's just me. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S. based restoration specialist on your team. You won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.